everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and if you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. If you are a new friend, we are so glad you found us today. Today, we have a very special guest who is extremely passionate about sharing his son's story. He has a very hard story to tell, but we are so thankful that he is willing to come on and share it with us, with you, everyone listening, in order to save other lives. I mean, that is what Brian's passion is. I am so honored to introduce Brian Montgomery, the dad of Walker Montgomery, who was a recent victim of sextortion. And we're going to learn all about this. We are so honored to have you. Welcome, Brian, to our show. Hey, Melanie. Thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me uh, to your audience. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to tell our story and hopefully affect. I mean, what we're trying to do is just impart change to other families and uh, youth around the country and around the world, really, if we can. And and uh, this is how we do it, just uh, one person at a time and uh, one audience at a time and hope that, uh, yeah, look forward, looking forward to telling you all about it. Yeah, well, you've got um, an incredible ability to do that. I've, I've met you once. I've talked with you. I'm so thrilled. And just to the audience out there, many of our um, families use our podcast platform as a platform for their family, for their whole family. So I am just going to make a note here up front that you may want to listen to this first before you share it with your family. Um, We certainly want you to share it with your family. I am certainly sharing this with every teenager I know, but I just want to put that little caveat ahead of time up here in the beginning because it is um, very, very Sad story, but it is one that Brian is extremely transparent about, which is all about Screen Strong. I'm all about that. We have to not scare people, but we are equipping people and we are educating. So today you're going to get an education that you will never get from someone who has not been through this. So again, welcome to our community. So Brian, let's just get started. Let's just dive in because there's just no easy way to do this. Describe First of all, your family. I want you to describe Walker, and then uh, I want you to describe the evening that was so tragic. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, our family, my wife and I met in high school, both just always had a, a passion for for trying our best to, to do our best to raise a family uh, that, that honored God and honored, um, obviously, his their family with how they lived. And um, you know, we, we really made a lot of effort in that, in that direction. And, and we were together all the time. We weren't a, you know, a, a family that, that went all separate ways on the weekends. We were together. I mean, we were working on our, we we're outdoors people. Uh, we farm, uh, I work in the ag industry. Uh, we, we have land that we manage for timber, for wildlife. And, um, and so we were doing something, there's always chores to do. And so on the weekends, I really felt that, you know, not, not that we didn't do fun stuff. We did. I mean, it was fun for us to be, you know, uh, bush hogging and clipping and working on food plots and working on our timber and building stuff and building up, building things for a family to enjoy uh, life with. And so we did that. And Walker was, uh, really in the middle of that. I mean, he had a passion for the outdoors. Uh, I'm a, my, I guess my passion is, is archery. 
and uh, bow hunting. Yeah. Uh, Walker uh, fell right into that. We hunted all over the place together. Uh, he was a very accomplished archer. Uh, and uh, and mm-hmm. then he developed his passion for football. Uh, really, you know, I'll tell a story, you know, kind of his, some, some of the things just kind of the, maybe lighten the mood a little bit, but Walker's nickname was, uh, it, it, among his peers was Hammer. He was, um, he was, I don't know, I don't want to say 10 years old and uh, playing uh, coach pitch baseball. Um, and uh, I was on first base, coaching first base, and we had a, you know, a coach that was getting him up to bat and all this, you know, and one of a close, close family friend and gets him up there and says, now, Walker, we really, we really need a hit here to win this game. And, yeah. and Walker looks at him and says, says, okay, coach, I'm going to hit that ball so hard they're going to call me the hammer. And it's, <laughs> He's a little short, you know, little short fat guy, you know, just, um, uh, so he gets up there and sure enough, he hits a, makes a, makes a good hit, hits it to the fence, comes to, you know, runs the first base and that's, you know, should have been a, should have been a double, but it's a single for, for him at the time, you know, he, <laughs> he gets the first base, he gets a couple runs home and wins us the game and boy, he's just jumping up and down. I told you, I told you. Aww. And so, from that, yeah. So from that point on, he was, that was his nickname among all his peers and, and most of those coaches remembered that and, and it just stuck, you know, so, and he loved that. I mean, he really, he really loved that. Walker had a tremendous work ethic. I mean, that was something that I can remember as he was a kid, you know, he would, he would go with friends and, and the friends want to throw the ball. Walker would want to pick up sticks. I mean, that's just kind of the, the personality he had. I mean, he was, um, you know, he, he Adults loved Walker. I mean, the coaches, teachers, every year we'd have uh, compliments on who he was and and uh, what kind of a what kind of a friend he was, what kind of a student he was, what kind yeah. of a he was. You know, those types of things. And so, obviously, um, Walker wasn't perfect any but any more than we as parents were perfect. But um, it, it's I tell those stories, and I think I think some people could perceive that as well. You've lost your son, and you need to memorialize him in these ways. And, and I, I look, if Walker, if Walker was something different, I would just have to tell the truth. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm, I'm transparent. I don't, I don't, I don't put on airs. This is what it is. I'm not perfect. And I'm not always right, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you the way I feel about it and what, what, what the, what the reality is. And, and with Walker, it's really, really the kind of kid he was. I mean, he had no social issues, had a great um, group of friends, Christian friends, boys that, uh, his class is just, it's, it's really extraordinary in terms of in the society we live in today. Yeah. And um, so that's who we, that's who we are. You know, uh, we have uh, my wife and I, uh, I'm getting in trouble if I don't remember this, but I think about 24 years, um, <laughs> 24 years of marriage, you know, yeah. uh, we're married and, um, and then wow. four kids, uh, two boys and two girls. Our so oldest. yeah, you have four children. Walker was 16, right? Yeah. And then you have a, a couple, you have two boys and two girls, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Caroline's our oldest. She's 19 and Walker and then Bennett uh, just turned 14 and Sarah uh, okay. just turned 12. So yep. describe your, you know, just kind of the evening, that evening, that tra- tragic, horrible evening. There's, I, I don't even want to call it tragic and horrible because those words don't mm-hmm. even describe it. I'm just don't even know what to call it, but um, y'all were all eating around the table. Yeah, just normal. I mean, we, you know, it was a, a Wednesday night. Uh, Walker's younger brother and I had gone bow hunting and we were separate. I mean, we, we had got to the point where the boys like to hunt different spots and we've got several places we hunt. So Bennett hunted uh, here at the house and I went a few miles down the road and hunted a different spot. Um, Walker came home from, from uh, football or, or school and he came home and worked out. He had a workout bench under our pole barn. 
And um, so he came home and he had just gotten his driver's license. Um, came home and worked out. And um, we all, when we got here right after dark, uh, Bennett and I did, and, and Courtney had supper uh, just about ready. So we just kind of hung out, visited a little bit, and then we had supper. Um, I remember we all always eat together as a family. Always, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that is just so incredible. There's so many families that really don't do that much. And, and I'm such a big believer in that. I love that when I heard that about your story, when we first talked that y'all yeah, were sitting there eating together. My wife is just, I mean, she's, she's a superstar. I mean, she's always, you know, kept that, you know, I mean, it's a lot of work. Obviously. It is a she's, lot of work. It's a lot of work and to produce a, a full meal every night. And, um, you know, it's not every night, you know, we'll go well, to, to get everybody together. Yeah. is just a lot of work, you know, as, yeah. especially as your kids get a little bit older and I'm so, um, just in an admiration for you and any family that can pull that off. It is just tough. So I can just imagine how fun that was um, for y'all to continue, you know, to keep that ritual going of eating together every night. So he, yeah. Yes. We just ate supper and um, you know, after supper, we, I mean, we were generally, we're pretty early to bed. So, I mean, we're usually try to have everybody in a spot, you know, nine, nine 30, you know, and, um, no later than 10 and especially the younger, younger ones. We knew mm-hmm. Walker was at a point, he was at, a, at an age where he was, you know, he, we would put everybody to bed. He'd get back up because he was, he was always hungry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's a 16 yeah. Year and old tell boy. us he was a football player too. That was a big, he thing. was, yeah. yeah, that was his, that was, you know, that really evolved in the last several years of um, him really, you know, putting in a lot of work and a lot of time to being the best he could be there. And, and uh, so he was always hungry, always trying to gain weight, you know, trying yeah. to be bigger. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he would, he would get back up, you know, 10, 10 o'clock, get him a little snack, go back up to his room and study. And, you know, it's kind of that, that, uh, a lot of, th- and, and looking back, a lot of those things, you know, we didn't realize those were, could be, you know, the reality around him getting up, having his phone and we'll talk yeah. through some of that stuff later, but, you know, we didn't realize those vulnerabilities really were there and, and, and just, I mean, could we have imagined it? Yeah, probably so, but we just weren't aware of the, no. of the traps that were set. So, um, but yeah, back to the evening, you know, once uh, Courtney actually um, prayed with the kids. I mean, at that time, my daughter was at junior college. She was playing softball. She had just started a freshman year um, at JUCO playing softball and her passion's always been softball. And mm-hmm. So she wasn't, she wasn't here, but uh, my youngest daughter, Bennett and Walker, she prayed with them and, and uh, put them to bed and she came to bed and we went to sleep and thought just everything was perfectly fine, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, and at night, and we'll talk about this, I want to remember this toward the end and remind people that at night, you know, our resistance goes down and especially sure. for teenagers, I mean, for us too, you know, we're just, we're just, everything's weaker at night. I'm, I'm so, I, I feel just as much passion about this as I do about so many things that we've got to share how yeah. this happens. How could this happen to yeah. you? A family who um, did not have a child who was anxious and depressed and addicted to screens. He yeah. hunted, he was outside, he worked out, he was on sports, he did it all. And he even had dinner with his family every night. I mean, there were just so many good protective factors that you had lined up. Yeah, we thought so. We really did. We, um, you know, that that's Walker's personality was not one that you would pigeonhole into this, you know, which I don't know that there is, I don't know if there is a complete picture of what's who's most susceptible versus not. Cause I think it's, you know, this is a, 
is can it can appear random. I don't really think it's random, but but yeah. to answer your question there, you know what happened. So I mean, we know now uh, through the forensics of the telephone. I mean, Walker, you know, had several conversations back and forth with friends that night. I mean, too, and even you know, I really hadn't talked much about this because I really didn't really think about it that much. But talking to the um, investigators, you know, him and his friends were exchanging Bible verses earlier that night. I mean, this is this is the kind of kid we're talking about. Walker was was just. Not perfect again, but he had he had he had the tools to be a very um, he was prepared to be a very functional teenager. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and so uh, around midnight, uh, Walker received a text, a, a message through Instagram, um, through the messaging section of Instagram from a girl that he didn't know. Um, but she's very attractive and, you know, by his age, school age, you know, 16, 15, 16, 17 years old. And they strike up this conversation and they, um, you know, it seems casual. It was casual. It wouldn't been, wouldn't have been out of the ordinary, um, you know, in broad daylight, you know, during the day, but obviously midnight here, she, they're going back and forth talking about school and talking about football and, you know, how things are going, just, um, just a casual conversation you'd expect out of teenagers. So she um, didn't know. He, I mean, he didn't really know her, but he was just kind of meeting her for the first time. Yeah, no, he he didn't know her at all. She she messaged him, and basically the message said, "What's up?" And he answered the message. Nothing much, just hanging out. And I'm I'm paraphrasing some of this, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then then it just this this back and forth, you know, messaging conversation starts to transpire. This is a stranger to Walker. Uh, but in that conversation, the stranger starts to say, well, I'm friends with somebody else that he knows, you know, oh, so okay. they're, they're, they're building credibility to try to make themselves appear familiar and to make themselves appear like they're real. And these people are, are professionals at this. This is what they do all day, every day. And, um, and so this goes on and, 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 and it starts to move in a romantic direction where she invites Walker into this, uh, into a video chat on Instagram, which to, to put that in the contrast for adults or people that you know may not be as familiar with the social media platforms, it's basically a FaceTime call. It's just oh, a face-to-face okay. call over video. Okay. Um, so you're, I mean, just as, you know, just a video call, you know. And this and, is all um, through Instagram. It, 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 it was, was through Instagram. Yes. Yeah. So Instagram in their messaging portion, they've got a, an a, a function that if you select that and call, if I call you on that, I can see your face. I can see whatever your camera sees and you can see whatever my camera sees. Got it. And so um, they positioned it to appear that she was, uh, like I said, a very attractive, you know, teenage girl. And, you know, she convinces Walker to enter into this uh, a sexual encounter over, mm-hmm. over this video um, portal. So did he see any video of her? We think so. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we anticipate, you know, there's this, this is a wide open, this, that is the, the, there's not a function of sending from what I, from what I understand, you know, whenever these live events are occurring, you know, that's not a file that's transmitted. Yeah. It's just like, you know, that that's sure. not a recording. So that's right. And we know what Walker did because they, 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 they recorded Walker. So this sexual encounter occurs. Walker thinks he's looking at a girl. And so what they do, they mock that up with content. They either steal or extort. And, and so he thinks he's looking at this girl. They build these profiles and they're so good with the software and with the, with the, with the scheme that they can make it look like exactly what what he thinks. So they just go grab a video of a beautiful young girl from a porn site or something and kind of throw that in front of this 16 year old boy. 
Okay. But they make it look, they don't make it sure. look like porn. They make it look like it's a real, you know, teenage sure. girl, which is, yeah. you know, a school girl that, that's just interested in Walker. And, yeah. um, and so, uh, and then that can come from a variety of sources that can come from a porn site that can come from, uh, somebody else that they've extorted a girl that they've sure. extorted instead of paying money, they're getting her to send content uh, uh, that, yeah. ha- that happens, that happens quite a bit. Sure. Um, and so, Regardless, Walker thinks he's looking at a young girl. She's, you know, not a great young girl. It's a Nigerian actually on the other end that's that's just pretending. Yeah. And they enter into the sexual act. So on the other end, it's not real, but Walker's act is real. And and they record Walker in this sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker didn't know it, but they used a secondary device and and videoed the screen. Um, and that's and I always want to stop there because I want people to really see what happened. I mean, this is I mean, sex extortion usually is portrayed as a is the sending of a of a picture, mm. you know, a, a picture or a video of yourself or you know, two kids that are just engaging in some behavior. And one gets mad and and the other one starts to you know manipulate the other one with that content. This this is quite different than that. I mean, this is something that have been really difficult for an adult or anybody to run from in terms of sure. what it looked like. I mean, this was a video of Walker in a sexual act. And so um after that was over, uh Walker, you know, of course he thought that it was just what it was. And then directly they send him a message back and say, Hey, this is not what you thought it was. You owe us a thousand dollars or we're gonna send this video to everybody in the Instagram <laughs> list. So at that point, when when it was over, that just immediately happened. So at that point, in his mind, he is just trapped. crushed with the news that, oh my gosh, what mm-hmm. has happened? And I'm just thinking, because I've had four 16-year-old kids in my house, because we have mm-hmm. four kids, and I can't even imagine what that was like in his brain for him to all of a sudden realize this. Yeah. And that's a, that's a real, I mean, you know, it's... I don't, I don't ever want to push people too hard in this way, but what I really, I think it's really important that we, that we learn because I spoke to a law enforcement group yesterday and this is what I talked about that, you know, the sympath, sympathize with this feeling of this kid. Um, and we, and we very rarely put ourselves in that position to really think that through of how would an adult deal with this stress of a, of a, of a, sexual act, something that was supposed to be private. And now there's no way to make an excuse. There's no excuse that I can make up that'll get me out of this. If somebody else sees it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, this is, this is there. They have it. I can't retrieve it. I can't fix it. Blocking them won't change it because they have the, they have the addresses, uh, just the immediacy of the trap that you're in. Um, I think as adults, especially as adults, we need to, to really, ponder that a little bit because the more we can relate to it, the more that we can uh, sympathize in that position, the better we're going to be equipped to deal with people who find themselves in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where World Walker was at this point. So, you know, he's, I can only imagine the fear and the, and the, and the anxiety and just the, the panic of that position he found himself in. And, Obviously, you see this, uh, you know, you see this conversation unfold and these people are, I mean, as brutal as you can imagine. Um, If Walker did not have an expectation of how bad it could be, they painted this picture and they built this mountain of stress in front of him that I just, he could not see how he could overcome it. 
I mean, the conversation was, you're, you're already, you're dead. This is your life is over if you don't get us this money. And he said, I don't have the money. And they're saying, steal it from your mom and dad. He said, I don't, I don't have them. I can't do that. You know, and he's going back and forth. It's, it's just, it's just this battle of, you know, in this conversation of him trying to figure a way out and trying to get them to stop and they won't. And they go on, this goes on for two hours. Oh my goodness. And they're threatening to put this out to all his friends. Correct. That's right. And they're telling him, you know, everybody's going to hate you whenever they see this, we're going to send this to the whole world and everybody's going to see you for who you are. And it's, it's as, it's as bad as you can imagine. Um, like I said, they, they've looked, this is not their first rodeo. They know how to, they know how the game is played and they know how to build the stress. And that's their goal is to build the stress until they pay. Wow. And, and for some reason, Walker, uh, I mean, Walker had a debit card in his room with money on it. I mean, he could have paid. I mean, there was huh. nothing stopping him from paying. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, he just, he, he could, you know, I think it just, it progressed to a place. So finally, I think what pushed him over the edge, um, they start sending him screenshots um, of the video uh, that they had of him. They show they send him these screenshots showing them sending the video out to his friends. Right. And so now he's in a place where, you know, it's no longer a threat. People that I know, people that I'm going to see tomorrow have got this video. So he got it at that point that it had already gone out to his friends. Correct. He, he believed and you know, they're going one by one. They're sending him, they're going down the line and their intent for doing that is continuing that, that campaign of stress to get Walker to pay him. And, and once they did that, they didn't, I mean, whether they realized it or not, I don't know what their mindset was, but you know, at that point, Walker, he had no reason to pay because the information that the video was out, it it was, it was out there. And and now he's, he's in a different place. Now he's in a, I mean, I'm just imagining all this, right. But I'm just thinking through, he's a smart kid. Uh, Why don't he, why don't he just come to me and his mom? I think he knew that we, you know, we couldn't get that back. I mean, and that's the truth. That's the truth. I mean, that is the truth with this, with this scam. You can't retrieve what's been sent. And, um, and so I think he understood that. I think he realized that. And he felt, you know, he felt trapped. He felt like there was nothing he could do. And finally they get, they're sending these and he's begging them to stop telling them it's illegal, tell them they have to quit. And they get to his mom and, um, you know, I can only imagine his mom and, you know, Courtney and Walker had an extremely special relationship. Hmm. And, um, and he, you know, I think that's what broke him. I think he was at a point there to where he just felt he couldn't, he couldn't face that. And, um, he told them that he was going to kill himself, and um, and their response was, "Go ahead, because you're already dead anyway." Wow. And and um, wow. you know that that response, you know, is something that uh, puts me in a place that it, it number one, it it shows you the real depravity and evil that exists that is out there that is that we're exposed to through technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've done everything we thought we could to keep our kids isolated from that kind of evil. We live in a nice town. We go to a nice school. We go to a nice church. We live mm-hmm. in a rural on a rural farm. We stay yeah. together. We're paying attention. You know all those things that a parent should be doing. Yeah. Um, we didn't realize. We did not realize the kind of exposure the phone could potentially open them up to. So, and, and you know, um, just as you're talking, I'm just, I'm the the point about, cause I so sympathize with Walker. Like I've, I'm just like feeling his pain in all these different ways. And, and the, the point about a 16 year old teenage brain 
he does not have the ability to what we call play the tape forward. He, he played it forward just a a few minutes, right? He played it forward a little bit where he thought, Oh my gosh, everything's, you know, this is going to happen. And my friends are all going to know this. Now they're getting ready to send it to my mom, but he couldn't, he, he couldn't because his brain is not developed enough. It's an adult characteristic to be able to think ahead enough past this immediate crisis. Kids cannot do that. They, right. It is impossible for them to think logically, and especially in a stressful situation when your fight flight is being triggered and your adrenaline is up and you're just in a state of panic. You can't think straight. But the fact mm-hmm. that you're 16, you really can't think straight. I mean, even for adults, you know, when we're raising kids and somebody starts screaming and there's an accident, you know, we get into our mm-hmm. fight flight, but, but we can think ahead. And right. this is what is so sad to me. That it's not his fault. It's not like you as a parent could have prepped him better. You mm-hmm. cannot, you cannot mm-hmm. prep kids for this. They, they right. just don't have that function yet that mature function yet in their brain and he was totally caught here and so what happened when he saw that they were going through his friends and they went to his mom then that triggered a whole nother set of helplessness there yeah i think so i mean i think that um you know at that point uh, you know, we, there's a lot of there's a lot of this conversation at this point that's you know really speculation and just know we just we're just having to fill in some of the blanks of who we knew Walker was, and um, you know it, it for me it seems because all I see is the end of the conversation and then what we find the next morning. So I, I don't sure. know you know I don't know the agony that he dealt with over that night. I don't know how you know how he was pacing the floor. I, I, mean, I can imagine yeah. all that you know, yeah. and, and, and trying to figure out a way out and trying to, cause I know Walker, I mean, I know he loved us. I know he loved the life we had. I know sure. all of that. And, sure. and, and because we spent so much time together and we just, we just, there was no space for any other, you know, uh, reality. And so at some point, you know, over the course of the morning, he went into my safe and in my office and, and, and got a handgun and went back up to his room and took his own life. And, you know, we found him the next morning, you know, our house was a pretty good sized house and he's on the other end of the house. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so I, I, you know, the, the pressure he must've been under is unimaginable. And I, I think you're, I mean, obviously I know you're right. The, the reality around these kids and, and, and a teenage brain, how it, my wife and I've talked this over a hundred times, thousand times, just, you know, what, how, in how, how much they're not equipped to, deal with this kind of stress. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I, but I also think about that, you know, he, he's seen a world around him that is so judgmental and yeah. so, um, so eager to, you know, hold people at a standard that they can't, that they can't hold themselves, but they're so eager to hold somebody else to a standard. And, um, and in judgment and really ruin, ruin their life and change their life. I think, I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to be smart to see that. I mean, you see it in, in every aspect of media and every aspect of, of life. And, it, and, and that's, and that's coming from a place of, I would say at a really high level of community that we live in. I mean, I can only imagine the kids that live in tougher places that, that is very, you know, um, you know, 
judgmental and different than even where we live. I mean, so the kind of friends he had, I think Walker was at the best position to defend against what he thought was going to happen when they saw that video. And it still was that much pressure. So mm-hmm. um, I think he could see, I think that's the future he was seeing. You know, we talk about what can we see as the future. I think that, you know, how far can a 16 year old brain see into the future? Mm-hmm. I think that's the future Walker was seeing. Sure. I think that he was seeing that, Hey, this football team that I love, they're going, they're done with me. They're going to keep me out of school. I'm going to have to change schools. Everybody's going to know me as the walker that caught with this video. And so a challenge that I'm really trying to, to, especially when I'm in front of students is, Hey, you're going to go through a difficult time. You've got a friend sitting next to you. That's going to go through a difficult time where they've made a major mistake in life. And you can either be that friend that is standing in judgment and pushing that person to a place that is very difficult. Or you can be that friend that is supportive and say, you know what? I'm going to make mistakes just like you did. I love you and I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be the one to defend you in this, in this situation and, and mm-hmm. holding, holding teenagers to that kind of a challenge. Obviously it's a high standard, but the, where we've got to start as parents and adults is doing that ourselves because they learn from us. Mm-hmm. And he could only see the next day. That's it. That's it. That's all he could see waking up knowing even though it didn't happen, right? Didn't you say that yeah. none of the friends got anything? No, no videos. So so we're not exactly sure how that happened. We we don't know if they sent the video and then somehow retrieved them. Like no, there no. may be some function that you can bring them back in a short amount of time. Uh, they were doing that to try to make him think they were sending them. But we do know that nobody ever received videos. We do know that. Wow. But he was living in the... the Yep. The world that he yeah. was going to not be able to make it the next 24 hours. And that's all he could see. To yeah, do. And and they were encouraging him to do it too. They were encouraging him to do it. And that's the frust- That's one of the bigger frustrations. And one of the points that I see that, you know, it's when you start, when I start to think of the person that's responsible for this, you know, I, you want to think that always, I mean, I always want to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, you know, the situation they live in and, and some mm-hmm. area. I don't know. This is all premeditated. This whole thing. But that's not what this is. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what this is. And and this person very easily could have at that point, whenever it got to the end of the road there, where he said that this person could have very easily just said, look, I didn't send the videos, but right. I will. I will. If you don't send me the money, if you don't give me the money tomorrow, I'm going to send them. That's right. And, 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 and cause that person knew at that point that Walker wasn't going to pay him that night. He knew right. they, they could have held it over his head, you know, a few more days, but where do you ever find a nice terrorist? You know, the person on the other end is twisted and sick in many obvious ways. And, but you're right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you just wonder why, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's in, it's as, as though that they wanted Walker to do exactly yeah. what he did. If they couldn't be paid right then, they wanted they, in, in a perfect world that they got paid and he would have done that. Yeah. And, exactly. and that would have that has been their perfect outcome. And that's so, right. um, you know, and, and the reason that's important, you know, something we try to, we're trying to promote is an understanding is this happened in one night. This was not something that it was occurring over a week or three days yeah. or two days or anything like that. So, I mean, the, if we'd have had the ability to, to just see Walker the next day, yes. we'd have had some opportunity to try to help him. Yeah. But we did we didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. And that's what your story hit me so hard initially when I talked to you, because it was, it was just a segment of a two to four year, hour period of time in one 
night. It wasn't this ongoing thing that he was dealing with somebody. That's what, that's what's so heartbreaking. It was, it, you didn't get a chance. You didn't get any chance to try to even deal with it. And, you know, I, I love what you said when we were talking that, you know, you as parents, you know, that, you know, what would you have said to him? You would have said, look, we love you unconditionally. We're going to figure this out together. And there is yep. nothing that we can't figure out. Um, I, I love that when you, you said that, I think you said something like, um, we can't fix problems that we don't know about. And I, and I think that's so true. And that's why Screen Strong's here to try to help people understand that. And that's why we're sharing your story today. This is a big problem. And this happens to so many people. It happens to so many people and we can't, unless we shed the light on it, we're, it's going to just keep happening. And we're just trying to protect and, and not overreact, but try to, trying to protect. And so since you've been sharing your story, I know you were telling me the other day that there was just this other situation that came up. And I'm sure you hear this all the time of the 13 year old boy that was sitting on the couch with his mom and something came up on his phone. It was like the whole thing started, but at least she was there, but he was traumatized. Was he 13 or 14? I think you said. Yeah, I think he was actually 15, but it's, it's, it's what that, that particular situation. And I, and I, that one, that one kind of stands out, but, and the reason is because of how much, I mean, I was, I had just been really kind of thinking through, you know, it's easy for some of these things to kind of start to uh, blend together and you yeah. kind of start second guessing what you think about something or whatnot. And, and one of those things I was saying is, why Walker, did you think this was, you know, how could this have been this much pressure? I mean, just recently I've been thinking about that. And this sure. kid, this particular kid, and I mean, I've talked to hundreds at this point that have been, that have been victimized through extortion. Um, they'd reach out to me all the time and, wow. and parents and, and kids. So, I mean, this is not, it's not, not like this one is the only one, you know, but this one was unique because I could, this kid didn't do anything wrong. He was, he didn't do anything wrong in terms of, of take the bait of, of in, engaging in some sexual act with this person. He just mm -hmm. accepted a, a request from somebody he didn't know on mm -hmm. Snapchat it's always from somebody yeah. you don't know. I know. It's always somebody you don't know, right? That's a, that is a, and when I say didn't do anything wrong, I mean, if, if you were setting the rules, that's something that you do wrong. We don't, we can't, we can't allow our kids to engage in conversations with people they don't personally know. That's a, that's mm -hmm. a hard rule. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, but he did. I mean, he didn't know any better. He's 15 years old, right? And so he, uh, he accepts this request and it's a girl, same thing. Same and as Walker, same kind same of Walker, idea. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And he just snaps the person back and it's a picture of his face and his chest. I mean, he didn't have a shirt on, but he, you know, it was just his chest up to his face. Sends him back a, a picture. But immediately he's sitting on the couch with his mom. Mm -hmm. Immediately he gets uh, that back, the picture and another picture of male genitalia, um, you know, just below the waist, just a separate picture. It wasn't even with him on the picture. It was just a separate picture. Hmm. And, and the, the threat was we're fixing to send your, your face picture and this picture saying you send it out to all your friends unless you pay us. Wow. And, and so they of course knew us and knew our family, um, happened to be a personal relationship that we knew. And, wow. um, they called and I'm, I got to talk to him in the moment that he was trying to figure this out. And, Panic really doesn't describe the place this, oh, this young man was in. I mean, it's 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 crying, it's hysterics, it's 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 the and so that I think what's so important about that is we don't under we 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 we're it's easy for us to minimize the effect of this because we don't understand it. 
Mm-hmm. Unless you've done it, unless you've been the one, the victim of it, you don't understand it. And I was even subject to that. I mean, it was like, how could this have been that much pressure? That's but then right. when you start to see the kind of psychological reaction these kids have, yeah. and most likely I would have if I was yeah. caught in that trap. Sure. It is it is real and it's and it's not something to be made light of. It's something that we really got to take seriously. And more to, more than ever, I realized that in that conversation because you know, his question to me is, can you guarantee me this is not going to get sent out? And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't guarantee that. Right. I can't guarantee that. But these people have, they, they have just your face. I mean, which they could have just got that off of a profile picture and, right. and tried to extort you with it. Um, but there is, we're in a very, we're in a, we're in an extreme sense of vulnerability mm-hmm. with the capabilities of technology and bad actors in the world. So in that case, what happened? He did nothing, and it's just out there, and nobody knows what's happening. Yeah, so I mean, they—they, they, I mean, the, the general recommendation is to uh, screenshot the conversation, block the person, um, and yeah, you know, report it. They report it to the school. They report it to local law enforcement um, and to the FBI. There's an FBI cyber tip line. They they report it there. I mean, but that's the kind of the state of the state of the situation we're in is that that's all that can be done today. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, law enforcement is not spending a bunch of time on those kinds of cases because they don't have time. They don't have the resources. They're devoted to tracking down the people that are extorting large amounts of money and, and taking it and people that are taking it to the point of, of Walker. Yeah. And these are just all little things to them in a sense. And that sounds horrible that it is, but there's sounds so horrible bigger Things. That's right. Yeah. And that's what we talked yesterday with the law enforcement group is we've got to figure out a way to pursue those because, you know, if, if a guy, you know, is doing this as a way to make money in a criminal world and he can do, you know, he can get away with a thousand of them or 10,000. Sure. I mean, it yeah. just, it's just a matter of the numbers until that he comes, comes across the kid that is in the, in the mindset that Walker was in. Right. And they just, they probably have multiple, you know, however many going on at one time. And it's just a, it's a production that they're just seeing how many hits they get. And, you know, what you just said, and and we're going to talk here a minute about what your, your tips are for parents. I just want to hear from you, but what you just said about, you know, that we should never let our kids talk to people they don't know. Let me tell you that it just doesn't work. You know, Brian, I'm, I'm just saying, I've been doing this for almost 10 years and we talk to parents all the time and we just say, okay, this is your kid's you know, th- and this is why we just say kids just shouldn't be on social media because they cannot not talk to somebody they don't know. They just right. can't. They just can't. I'm sorry out there if you're listening and you think your kid is different and you think that they are listening to your conversations. You know, I'm just here to tell you that they're listening, but they can't carry that out. It is too tempting. And and it sounds like in all these cases, well, if they just wouldn't have talked to the person they didn't know, well, that person comes right. wrong and says, well, I know all your friends. And so that's just that, but you still don't know them. Right. And I remember yep. the, the YouTube videos out a number of years ago where the parents are talking, you know, it's all set up, you know, and the parents are talking to the kids and they're saying, okay, whatever you do, don't get in a white van. Right. right. With no windows. And then like an hour later, somebody knocks on the door and all the kids get in the white van and, right. <laughs> and the parents are like, what are you doing? That's it's right. just horrible. And yet it's, Nothing wrong with our kids. There's nothing wrong. That's just a teenage brain. They yep. can't, and I'm not dissing on the teenage brain. They can't not do it. So we've got to stop asking them to do things they can't do. And we just need to take these opportunities away. And it can can be done. I know you said, you know, 
He had his phone in his room at night, right? You probably yeah. had talked to him about that. You'd probably already had most, most of the time had him keep his phone on the kitchen counter at night, but you know, there's one night that yeah. happens and he pulls it up. So that's one tip. What are some other, well, what are some things you just want parents to know? Like, I know you said that you can't solve problems that you don't know about. You've got to yeah. know about problems and you do have a video that we're going to put on our website for everybody listening out there. We we're going to share some more um, there as well, but what are just a couple other things you want them to know? Yeah. So I think, you know, well, we're, like I said, to begin with, we're, we're, our goal is to impart change to a, to a community of people that want to do the best they can for their families. And, yeah. and, you know, so the ways we see that specifically to, I mean, there, there are some specifics in this world and then there are more of a broader context, you know, awareness awareness is can obviously if walker had not had social media if he had not had access to his phone we wouldn't be in this situation and yeah. we, we know that's we know that is a a a practice that that would have changed the outcome of this um unfortunately a lot of kids are not going to engage in that so sure. there's families that are going to continue down the same road and so the first thing that the most high level thing that we hope they hear is this this concept of just awareness you know us, us tell them what's happened but here's the problem is that there's the criminals are working on another scheme down the road uh, they're not yeah. stopping you know they're not quitting yeah but at least today we want them we want everybody that will listen to know that's got a family that to know that this is an extremely effective trap. And so the first thing we're trying to do is just spread awareness. So. And, and Screen Strong, you know, that's right in our lane. We are spreading this education all over the place. And that's right. And, I, and we really believe yep. that education is the biggest part of it's the broadest, you know, it's the broadest community you're going to reach through just having conversations and then knowing what are the dangers? Cause we had no idea this existed. We had no idea. Walker, Walker didn't know this existed. And, and so you got two fronts there. You got parents that didn't know and you have the kid that didn't know the That's person right. engaged in the trap. So, um, you know, secondarily from a parent's perspective. So, um, you know, what I what I didn't under, completely understand the dangers, you know, and I think that you know to your point about Walker having his phone that night, um, you know, there were some things that I that I if you'd have asked me before any of this, okay, what what are some things that are happening? Well, I expected that there was a chance that I know that if I would have had access to that information to that technology at 16 years old, pornography would have been found on my phone most likely. Yeah, and it was and it wasn't Walker's. So I would have said, eh, he's probably looking at some pornography. Um, and I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with him doing that. It's not the end of the world. I trust Walker. He's a great kid. You know, he does, he, he is the most respectful. He's got the best work ethic. He's fine. He's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, it's what I would have said. But I didn't know. I didn't understand that there was a danger that could potentially take my son away. Okay. And, and now I do. And so what I'm telling parents is that with, with the penalty we've paid for that ignorance. And that's what it was for us was ignorance. The penalty we've paid, you don't have to pay that price. Mm -hmm. And so today start, uh, start a program at a minimum, at a minimum, a program of accountability in your home where, where you're, because although I appreciate your message of just of, of, of eliminating the phone and elim eliminating social media and the things that are, that are extremely problematic. I am 100% with you on that. Mm -hmm. The parents that are not going to do that, Right. And and the and the society we're living in today where it's going to be a, a really strong disadvantage of communication long term if we don't figure out how to coexist with this technology in a couple of different ways. But the, the point is, create a, a process of 
accountability with your kids to where that phone comes with me at night. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a couple of opportunities. Number one, it prevents that phone from going into a private place. Mm-hmm. No phones in a private place. And it prevents it from going somewhere that's going to give that temptation that you're describing. Mm-hmm. So there's things that, that a kid's not going to do in, in a public place where he's observed on that that's phone right. that can cause problems, right? And so that eliminates quite a bit of that. And so if that does two things, it keeps it from going in a place where it lets the kid get into a vulnerable situation. But number two, it you also communicate to that kid, hey, I want to be looking at your history. I'm going to be working through what your the friends you have, the conversations mm-hmm. you have. Don't think this phone is a private place for you. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's my phone. I pay the bill. I am your parent and I'm going to do my job. And so creating that infrastructure of accountability and it's much easier when they're younger and start there and continue that walk than it is to have not been there. And you've got a 16, 17 year old and try to pull it back. That's a more difficult process. Um, and so at a minimum, we're, we're saying that and, and we're seeing we're seeing whenever kids hear what we're talking about. Believe it or not, many of them say, I get it. I'm going to let my parents help me with this. And we're seeing a lot of parents say, you know what? I get it. I'm going to change the way I've been, the way I've been doing things. And look, it's, it's not the majority. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it was, but it's not. Um, so where we can make change, we want to do that. And, and that's, and that's, so that, those are some things that we're, that we know that we're looking for, you know, looking towards and trying to, trying to promote. No, that's really important. That accountability, the privacy, no teenagers should have privacy on their phone. I don't care what, you say about it. Um, it seems so weird to me because as we grow and become adults and we grow up and we go to work, you know, we, there's no accountability at work. They, I mean, technically our work can see what's happening on our device. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird period of time during adolescence where everybody, you know, hollers up and down and says, Oh, our teenager needs privacy. No, they do not need privacy. And the screen strong recommendation to go 48 months without social media is very doable. It's more doable than, than we, we know. Right. I, I mean, it's like 40 months of high school. Like that's, that's not that long. It's for, if you can't do something for 40 months. And so we're not saying forever. We're not saying that, right. you know, we're an anti, you know, tech organization. We're not, we, we're just saying there, these are the kinds of things. And this is where I say, you know, like in eighth grade, when kids are 14 and 15 and 16, this is where this stuff happens. And so a lot of parents say, well, you know, I won't give my phone until they're in eighth grade. No, 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 no. You don't understand that this, what a fifth grader would have done, you know, with that evening probably would have been a lot different than what a 16 year old. Right. So, so there's this, this false narrative in in our brains as parents that we think, well, you know, we got to make them more mature. So we got to do and give and do whatever. Mm -hmm. It's almost like there's just like this U-turn. There's this little area (laughs) of time, you know, before they hit 18, which they are smarter and they are more mature by then, but really not till 25, you know, till that frontal yeah. cortex is developed. So these are all great tips for parents and what a awakening for parents out there. And I know Brian, there's somebody right now listening that, that your story has just changed their life. And I just want to thank you so much for that. Um, and just for being so transparent about it. Let's just wrap up with your work that you're doing with the Online um, Safety Act. I think that's super yeah. important for parents to understand. And if there's any anything else that you you want to share with with them that you're just thinking as we wrap up, 
Yeah, um, you know, we are. So I think that recommendation we're talking about, what can we do? You know, that the other side of that is the part that we see is is out of control, which is the tech industry. You know, I was thinking about this morning and trying to find a way to provide some analogy, because I think what, you know, what people automatically go to is, you know, limiting speech and government being in our lives and all of those things. And and like it or not, the government is in your life. Like it or not, every time you step out on the highway, you're abiding by a speed limit for yeah. a purpose. And so uh, the government's in your life. And, and the question is, what are the things they're going to regulate? And generally, you know, we see those things that they're going to regulate are things that um, uh, either there's enough public opinion that it comes along that, that says, hey, we need help with this. We need protection here. Um, and, and of course, the roadblocks are generally financial issues. And it's no different here. Um, the, the tech industry is... Uh, the largest industry the world has ever known, mm-hmm. and and we cannot we cannot miss why that is. They're they've unlocked the code to advertising, so I want people to understand why tech is opposed to putting restrictions and protecting kids. Mm-hmm. The re- the reason is because they make up they make their money on advertising. They've unlocked the code, and the reality is, the longer I spend on a, a platform, Facebook, Instagram, you pick it. The more time I engage with that platform, the more I see ad space. The more I see ad space, the more money they make. They don't care who sees the ad space. It's targeted. So they would just assume a 16-year-old spend eight hours a day on theirs, they would a 48-year-old. So whenever we start limiting what they can provide in content, that slows down their engagement. When it slows down their engagement, it costs them money. Mm Okay, so that's that's the motive, and it's getting funded in a lot of different ways to try to prohibit restrictions on what they can feed the kids. If you're an adult, you should be able to watch, look at, do whatever you want to do. It's your mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. But I need ways to protect kids from harmful content and engage parents to be able to help manage their homes in this new world we live in. This is new. This is not something that we can just look back and say it's like a telephone. This is not like AT&T. This is different. This is if I had a if I was producing a food product, let's use this as an example. If I was producing a food product that had harmful outcomes, consistent harmful outcomes, I couldn't use the excuse, which is tech companies excuse. We can't be responsible for what people put on our platforms whenever they're the ones that feed me. But Mm -hmm. uh, if I was producing that food product that had harmful outcomes that were known harmful outcomes, I couldn't say, well, I can't be responsible for where I get the ingredients from. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say that. I couldn't use that as, as an, as a, as an right. excuse. We would, as a, as a country would say, this is harmful. It's consistently causing X, Y, Z diseases. And you're either going to stop producing it or you're going to make it safe. It's not, it's not any more complicated than that. And so the kids online safety act, we're asking people to support uh, it's the closest thing to providing some protections um, for minors that we can get. And uh, we've got bipartisan report support for it, uh, both the House. I mean, the House is not taken up at the Senate. We've got conservatives and liberals, Democrats, Republicans mm-hmm. that are in favor of it. It's got 45, 46 co-sponsors now. We're hoping to get it on the floor of the Senate this year and get a, get a vote. If we get that, you know, hopefully next year or so, we'll have some legislation that'll protect kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not going to be perfect. It's not, we're not asking for the government to do our parenting. We're asking for tools. We're asking right. for help. It's what right. we're asking. Absolutely. 
great. I'm going to put that information in our show notes for anyone who wants to find out more information about that. Of course, they can Google it, but we'll put that information and all what they can do. Can you um, just wrap up and just would like to ask you to end with a bit of encouragement from your heart to a parent who has suffered with this issue with sextortion with their kids and then also to the teenagers that are listening. Sure. I mean, sometimes, you know, I think of, well, I I can't, I really can't answer that without taking that to a spiritual component. You know, we're Christians and we know that we know Walker was a Christian. Walker was baptized. Walker loved the Lord. He never prayed and not asked, you know, God, thank God for sending Jesus to die on the cross for his sins. And, you know, and, and so we know where Walker's at. We don't have any idea about that. It's a temporary separation for us. And, and so with that being said, um, you know, parents and youth alike, I mean, this life we're living is, I mean, if you, if you really, if you really boil it down, God told us to do two things, love him and love our neighbors, love the people around us. And so the things that encourage me and my family is that Walker's death is not going to be just this casualty of war that's forgotten. Walker's death is going to mean something. And what that can mean is that somebody else out there has some net positive effect where that change happens in their life. And obviously we hope that they see the dangers that are out there. Those are all kind of nuts and bolts, things that are happening in the world. But when you take that back down to a personal and a spiritual component, this, our country, our world has got to start loving each other. We've got to find a way to connect to one another in a way that Walker, the walkers of the world don't see that the next day is filled with just disaster, but rather it's filled with somebody who's going to say, you know what, buddy, I love you. We've got to find a way to do that. And just not to be so judgmental. And yeah, the platforms out there, the social media platforms are so keyed up for that. And They're just built to, for that. Yeah, that's the way they operate. And, um, yeah. and, and thank you for that encouragement. That's very special and very incredible. And, and if you're a teenager listening, just got to depend on your parents for help. Your parents love you more than anyone on the planet. Absolutely. I mean, there's, and that's something that, you know, we, and I still don't believe Walker questioned that. I just think he found sure. a place in a spot where he couldn't, where he couldn't see past, like we said, couldn't be see past the next day. But I can tell you that it's as a, you know, seeing where we are and seeing the devastation that having him gone is, I mean, think about, it. I think that's, that's, you know, I wish he would have seen, look, this is going to cause my family so much heartache. Mm-hmm. And, um, and mm-hmm. so to the, to the team that's got this, in their mind that is dealing with something really hard, really heavy, man, know that somebody out there loves you. Know that there's somebody that wants to bring you, help you come through this and be whole on the other side. Yeah. And that you're not alone. You're not alone. That's what it all boils down to. Well, thank you so much from the bottom of our heart over here and for your candid transparency to share. And we need more people like you to share this light in all these dark places as uncomfortable as they are. Um, otherwise we're never going to figure it out. And, you know, we only have one, one chance really to get this right. The first go around with our teenagers and with, you know, um, raising our families and you've just been such an incredible ambassador for this whole education around sextortion and, we're going to stay in touch, Brian. Um, it, we're just so honored to know you and to get Walker's story out. And I promise you that 
we will never forget Walker over here at Screen Strong. And I just feel it so deeply for you because I deal with these parents all day long and and we just have to support you in everything that you're doing to get this out. So if you're listening and you want to help get the story out, go to our show, our show notes. And also you can be in touch with Ron through just our team at ScreenStrong.com. We will be partnering with him on some things. We will be able to get you in touch with him. If you want him to write, Ron, do a webinar, do a, something for your school even, or we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get this story out. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks, Molly. I appreciate it. Remember, we've got your back over here at Screen Strong, and we are here to help. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong.